heights to the depths of the sea. And then he says, Mary. And he says it in a way where he's probably told her a hundred times before the same thing, Mary. And probably his voice was undisguised. We don't really know what happened, but all of a sudden she's like, Rabbi, Rabboni, teacher, is that you? She was so enthralled. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible-teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. When she found that the tomb was empty, Mary Magdalene went outside and began weeping. Jesus did not immediately reveal himself to her not to play some trick on her. Rather, it was to break through her unbelief and forgetfulness of Jesus' promise of resurrection. Jesus said to her, Mary, and had only to say one word, and all was understood. She heard her name, and by the tone of his voice, she instantly knew it was her beloved Messiah and called him Rabboni. Jesus made a woman the first witness of his resurrection. The law courts of that day would not recognize the testimony of a woman, but Jesus did. Now here's Pastor Rob. ...in place of his son, he knew right then that if I had to put my son to death and, and God allowed me to go through, that he would have to raise him from the grave. And he received the gospel in a figurative type. And he knew that another father, several thousand years down the road in time, would offer his son on the altar, but this time there would be no other lamb to substitute it because he would be the lamb. Jesus is the lamb. He is the Passover lamb. And Abraham knew this. Even in Job, what does it tell us in Job? For I know that my Redeemer lives and he shall stand at last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know that in my flesh I shall see God. In what flesh? In a different kind of flesh, certainly. But even Job knew that even after he dies, that he, that in my flesh I will see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another, how my heart yearns within me. Does your heart yearn within you to be resurrected, to be changed in the twinkling of an eye, as it tells us in First Thessalonians 4? To be raised. I remember many years ago, I had a dream of that. It was right after I got saved. And I can't describe to you. Really didn't plan on bringing that up, but... um, But notice the next couple of verses on our screen here. Because as Jeremiah and Ezekiel, when they wrote these two prophecies that I'm going to read to you, King David had already been dead about 400 years. And they were prophesying of 
David's resurrection in a period of time that is even yet future to us today. Let me read to you Jeremiah 30. It says, Alas, for that day is great, so that there is none like it. And it is the time of Jacob's trouble, speaking of the great tribulation period. But he shall be saved out of it, for it shall come to pass in that day, says the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from your neck and will burst your bonds. Foreigners shall no longer enslave them, but they shall serve the Lord their God. And notice, David, their king, whom I will raise up for them. What? Think of in history when he's saying this. Jeremiah is saying this about a thousand years, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, about 400 years after David had already died, and now he's prophesying that David is going to be raised again in the millennium? Yes. And the root of David has already resurrected, Jesus Christ, but it spoke of the resurrection spoke of the resurrection. In Ezekiel, it goes on concerning this, and I will establish one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them. My servant, David, he shall feed them and be their shepherd, and I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David, a prince among them. Yes, David, risen in the millennium. God is going to give him a special place. And so when we look at now Psalm 16, it's probably the most, one of the most significant psalms concerning the resurrection. Because in verse 9 of that, it speaks of, verses 9 through 11, I believe, speak of not only Jesus' death, but his resurrection and his ascension. If we look at verse 9 of Psalm six, 16, excuse me, we see that it speaks of his death, and it says it very clearly. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my glory rejoices. My flesh shall also rest in hope. Yes, he would be crucified. And then verse 10, his resurrection. For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, or the grave, or Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. He would only be there for three, three days. His body wouldn't even start to decompose yet. Fulfilling the prophecy that Jesus spoke to the Pharisees when he said to them, when they said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And verse 11 of Psalm 16 speaks of the ascension. Because after he had been resurrected, it says in verse 11, you will show me the path of life, and in your presence is fullness of joy. You can't be in somebody's presence while still being dead. The resurrection Isaiah 53, verse 1 through 9, speaks of his crucifixion. But in verse 12, it says, Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death. God's going to, and has given him, divided him the spoil after the crucifixion. Back in our text, says, Then the disciples, verse 10, went away again to their homes. But Mary stood outside the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. Have you ever been so distraught and so heartbroken? Can you imagine what she must have felt like? 
I mean, have you, have you lost a spouse, a, a, a mother or a father, or God forbid, a child and the heartbreak that you have over that? Mary is thinking that her Savior, the one who delivered her from these, this demonic oppression and demonic possession, is gone. And she's weeping, and she's looking down in the tomb, and she saw two angels sitting in white. Notice, one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. Now what does that remind you of? Where the body of Jesus was. The Bible, you know, he is the mercy seat. The high priest would come in once a year and they would draw and drop blood right in the center of that, between the cherubim, looking down upon the mercy seat. He is the mercy seat. And there those two angels were at the place where he was. One of them here and one of them there. And they're looking down as Mary looks in. And and that should have given her a picture of what this was all about. Yes, all those stuff in the Old Testament was a picture. It was a type showing us these things that were yet future to us. And they all find their fulfillment in Jesus. The two angels. You can read about it in Exodus 25. So then they said to her, verse 13, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, Because they've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus, partly maybe because of grief, but partly because his resurrection body was a little bit different than what his other body had been. There's, there was enough difference, and, and Jesus was able to evidently change that appearance to some extent. It, it seems in the scripture, in the book of Acts, he appeared to them in a different form, and so, but his scars and his wounds were the same. They were still there. Proof that he had died on the cross. But Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she's so distraught, she doesn't realize that it's him. And whom are you seeking? And she, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Doesn't love do some crazy things? Mary, are you able to grab Jesus? I mean, I can't imagine she was like an Amazon, you know, an Amazon woman, like, you know, Wonder Woman or something. Is she going to pick up Jesus? I mean, see, isn't that crazy? That's what love does, though. When love is taken over a heart, it will do anything. And it thinks it can do anything. And I love that. I love that. There's like, when you really love, there seems to be no obstacle. And I believe that's why Mary was saying that. There was no obstacle. Her frame was much smaller than Jesus. And yet with 100 pounds of ointment and all the wrappings, not to, not to mention his own body weight, her heart was so filled with love. She's like, you know what? I'm just going to go in there and I'm going to grab him and I'm going to flip him over my shoulder and I'm going to walk <laughs> and I'm going to take him away. And I can imagine Jesus, as he's hearing her say this, he's just grinning. And then he says, Mary... And he says it in a way where he's probably told her a hundred times before the same thing, Mary. And probably his voice was undisguised. We don't really know what happened, but all of a sudden she's like, Rabbi, Rabboni, teacher, is that you? She was so enthralled. And he said, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God. We know that Jesus was on the earth for 40 days after his resurrection. 
And he was seen by these people, his disciples, Mary Magdalene first, then the other disciples, and then up to 500 at once, it tells us in Corinthians. And then 40 days later, he ascended from the Mount of Olives, right opposite the Temple Mount. And the Bible says that as he ascended, the disciples looked as he, a cloud received him out of their sight, and they said, he's coming in like manner when he returns. And where does Zechariah tell us when Jesus comes back in his second coming? Not the rapture, but the second coming. Where does he come? Where does he set his feet down? On the Mount of Olives. That same location, the same place that he went up, is the same place he's going to come back to. Love that. So let me ask you, what mark has Jesus' death and resurrection had on you? Has it changed your life? What has he purchased? He's purchased us. He's put his down payment. He, put, he has put the earnest of his spirit. That's what earnest means, is a down payment. He's put that in us by the spirit of God in us. And then when he returns for us at the rapture, he's going to redeem fully us bodily. He's going to take purchase, he's going to take possession of what he has purchased. There used to be a time when you couldn't just put a down payment on something and walk out with it. There were days when you put a down payment on something and you continued to pay. You put an earnest down. You put a down payment down and then you continued to pay monthly or whatever schedule you're on until you finally paid for the thing and then you can walk in and take it home with you. Jesus has put the earnest of his spirit within us and he is coming back to redeem you bodily. He's going to change you bodily and boy, we're going to receive, we're going to look great. You're going to look great. And if you're feeling tonight or feeling this morning, hey, I'm not so great, well, guess what? You're going to be great then. You're going to receive a new body. No more hip replacements. No more knee replacements. No more CAT scans to find out if there's cancer in my lungs. No more, none of this stuff anymore. You're going to be brand new. And folks, that's what we have to look forward to. That's the resurrection. That's what... It gives us the hope. Because he rose from the grave, we read it in Corinthians earlier in fifteen, chapter 15, that because he rose, we will also raise with him. He was the first fruits. And then at the rapture, we are going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. That's what's coming for us. I don't know about you, but I'm excited. I can't wait. There's nothing in the world that I want more than that. Today, right now, I don't want to wait. I don't know about you, but now would be a really good time. Wouldn't that be something? You think there's chaos now. What happened? Can you imagine in the midst of our chaos right now, millions of people just... I wonder, and I kind of, because I'm a sick individual, I I almost hope that maybe our shoes would be left. Maybe even our clothing would be left in a pile. It would just fold down upon itself, and right, right on my you know, shoes, and it would just fall down, and we'd be gone. And everyone is looking around. They're seeing the same thing. This must be a conspiracy. I know what it was. Aliens abducted them. Aliens did it. They're no longer here. 
All they see is these pile of clothes everywhere. People in their walks of life, driving a forklift, driving a pickup truck, driving a semi-truck, sitting in their office, sitting in a meeting with their boss, all of a sudden, clothing just falls. I would love to see the clothing just, I mean, that would just be a lot of fun. I don't know if the Lord will do that. Maybe he'll just evaporate the clothes and, and take us and it'll be, everything will be invisible. There'll be no trace left behind. That's fine too, but I kind of would like to have just the clothing there. Just to, just, just to show everybody, and it's the same pile everywhere you go. It just kind of folded in upon itself. And people are like, what happened here? And then somebody's going to open the Bible and says, wasn't this written? Let's go and look in Psalm 16, verse 10. Let's go in 1 Thessalonians 14, or 4, excuse me, verses 13 through 18. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15, verses 50 through 58. Let's read that again. That's what happened. Let's read Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. Let's read what's coming in Revelation 19. Has he changed your life? Has the resurrection changed you? It has. It has changed, whether you want to admit it or not. So if you continue to press in, if it has changed your life, then continue to press in nearer to Jesus, giving him your whole life. Don't be afraid of anything. He's got you, and he's got, he's, he's got it under control. But if it hasn't changed your life yet, then you still need to be born again. Confess your sins. And receive Christ. Give your life to him and begin this wonderful walk in the spirit with him. And, don't, and, and this walk is not going to be easy, is it? It's not going to be easy. Has it been easy for you thus far? No, it's been one of the most challenging things in my life. But yet, it's been the most glorious thing that's ever happened to me. And I can't imagine the boring life I would have if I hadn't given my heart to Christ. Think of how boring your life would be if you didn't know Christ. And all you had was, well, I just I, I worked my 30 years at Kodak or whatever, and I retire, and then I, you know, I retire to somewhere south where it's warm so I can go fishing and play golf. And then, and then there's a tumor, and then i got to get that taken out. And then I'm on chemo and radiation. And then finally I, finally, I just die. That sounds like a great life. No. It's so much better than that. So much better than that. Are you living that life? Are you lo- allowing that life to capture your heart and your mind? Let's live lives that prove what he did and give him all that he has purchased. Let's give it all. To him, give him your life. Notice, I didn't say give him your money. I mean, you can give, and it's good for us to give. But I didn't say money. I said give him your life. Your life is more important than anything else. Who cares about the money? But he wants you. He wants me to live and to be disciples of his. And if is it, is it easy to share something that has changed your life? It is. Maybe we need to return back to that first love that we had with Christ when we first got saved. Remember that day? Remember that period in your life when you were just completely on fire and you tried to tell everybody and nobody would listen? They were looking at you like cats testing for new eyes? And, and yet it was the most important thing in the world to you. What happened to me? What happened to you has 
The way the world has responded to the gospel, has it been like a water over a flame? I think it has. But let's ask the Lord to fire us up again and give us just a renewed sense of what his resurrection did for us and the resurrection life that he wants to continue to give us and to just make us alive for him. Right now, folks, is our time. It's our season. And this, I believe it with all of my heart, in this time, in this period of history, you and I need to come out of our shells. You and I need to get serious about who he is and about what he's done and what he wants to do through us. Do you want to know what it is? Do you desire it? I desire it. Even now, I want it. I want it, Lord. Would you please help me? Remove the fear. Remove whatever it is that's keeping me from from not doing what you want me to do. Don't wait. You don't have time. You don't have time. It is high time that we arise out of our slumber. It is high time that we rise to our feet and be more vocal than we've ever been in love in grace and compassion. Amen? Let's stand. Let's pray. (laughs) Hmm. Lord, we just thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you love us with an everlasting love. And Lord, I pray, Lord, I know there have been times in, in my life where I've just felt dull, honestly. And I know that I'm not alone. I know that everyone here has experienced that. Maybe even going through that time right now where they just sense, I know I'm saved, but I'm just kind of like floundering and I'm just feeling like, I don't even know what I feel, Lord. Lord, would you please encourage our hearts today? And Father, I pray for any hearts that don't know you that today would be the day of salvation for them, that they would give their heart to you completely, 100%. And Lord, for those of us who have known you for some time and have perhaps, Lord, gotten lazy and perhaps have gotten complacent, Lord, perhaps have gotten cold, Lord, would you, by your Spirit, help us today? Would you fill us with your Spirit and give us the light of Christ again? Give us that unction. Give us that desire. Fill us, God. How we need you, Lord. And I thank you that you love all of us, so much. You love us, God, and you're not angry with us. But I know, Lord, you desire more from me that I'm withholding from you. And I pray for anyone here this morning that is feeling the same way, that we would just very simply ask, Lord, you, would you take up more real estate in my life today? Right now. Right now, Lord, not tomorrow, but right now. We need you, Jesus, in this time, right now. Lord, bless and hear the prayers of my brothers and sisters and myself included. Would you do a brand new work? Would you light us on fire again? In your precious name we pray it, in Jesus' name. That's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of John. 
Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as our location, service times, information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, and information regarding Bread of Life Academy, our new school opening in the fall of 2023. Just click the school link at the top of the page for more information. Additionally, you may also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play Podcast or Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.